My name is Tyler Fornis, and I am one of the co-hosts of the Good, the Bad, and the Hungi AEW podcast here on the Voice of Wrestling Podcasting Network. We take a broad scope approach to the world of all elite wrestling and the entire universe of Tony Khan. We talk about the big matches, the big stars, the promos, the storylines. And we also look at it from a big picture perspective. How are things going to change over the course of the next 10 years with AEW still in the picture? How are companies like WWE going to adapt and adjust to AEW? Are they going to be a similar way like they did with WCW in the late 1990s? Will there be a counterpunch? We talk about all of that and more on the good, the bad, and the hungry every week on the Voices of Wrestling Network. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel, joined by Dave McDonald. It is Sunday the 6th of November 2022. This is episode 233. Mm-hmm. Um, what's up, Damon? Cheeky bit of karaoke from me last night? Oh, I did. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I saw it and I was very pleased. You were you were hitting the hard notes, which was very good. Because uh, Simon can't do it. And uh, even when I got up to this morning, I guess uh, Cheryl saw it and uh, she's like, make sure you see Instagram before you do the show today because you're going to like it. And I was like, I already saw it. Already saw it. Yeah, you did a great job. If you don't kill, he crushed doing karaoke. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Duran Duran's of you to a kill. If it was up to me, I would just do James Bond themes. They're just, the, for me, the most fun for karaoke. So... You know, there's that. The uh, I like the older stuff like uh, Goldfinger and Diamonds Are Forever. How about your eyes some only? Some of the newer stuff. I quite like the Skyfall one. Yeah, yeah. Little Sheena Easton. You're going to go bust you out some Sheena Easton? <laughs> Why the fuck not? I've got enough strong zeros in me. I'll sing anything. Nice. Wonderful. Hey, speaking of singing, guess what? Uh, and I failed to mention this, but it's just a, it was a running bit with us for a long time. Uh I'm actually going to go see Suede in the States, like three shows. I'm doing Washington, Philly, and Brooklyn, New York. Suede, for the first time. What date? Sorry, is this some sort of code? (laughs) (laughs) No, this is the legit actual band. This is them. It's finally them. It's not wrestling at all. No wrestling. None. Uh, Yeah, so... Uh, again, for those longtime listeners who know the bit, uh, no, this is the legit suede I'm going to. Um, finally, for, and hopefully, because tickets are selling poorly, hopefully they don't cancel. They're, 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 do you, have, uh, have you ever heard of uh, Manic Street Preachers? Yeah, yeah. I used to really like them when I was younger. They are there. They're, 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 uh, if you tolerate this, that was my favorite. Song. Yes. If you tolerate this, children will be next. Uh, motorcycle, motorcycle emptiness, all that. So they're on the same tour. So it's a double bill. So I'm, I'm fucking, I'm ready to go. Let's do it. 
Sorry, I uh, left a gap there because I was um, cropping an amusing picture of uh, Ian Wright celebrating in the face of Ashley Cole because we were recording uh, literally minutes after Arsenal's 1-0 victory away at Chelsea. And I'm still buzzing from that. So I bloody love sports, Damon. Uh, like you. you. You're not having a good time with them. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, do you know uh, we were in the uh, MLS championship, the Major League Soccer or... United States Major Soccer League. We were in the championship against LA, uh, lost in penalty kicks, which is a little, a little sad. Oh. Yeah. Hey, um, are you excited about the World Cup? I mean, that's what, two weeks away? Um, Big England versus USA game on the cards. Is that right? Okay. Um, I'll be rooting for England, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. Um, uh, I, 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 it's just, it's not a huge thing here it really isn't um i mean there are pockets of people who enjoy it and watch it and follow it and but like in, in general sports landscape it's not a massive thing for us i don't know i don't know it's, which is weird because everybody else in the world fucking is in it and loves it but yeah i don't know just like all right maybe it's just it's like you're getting your excuses in early <laughs> I don't even know how good we are. I couldn't name a player. I, I'm sorry. I just, just not in my thing. But I'll watch. I'll watch. But again, I'm, I, I root for other, te- like other countries when it comes to international competitions. I really do. Because like, I think it just. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's uh, so in our group now. There's England, USA, Wales, and Iran. Should we both just cheer for Wales and Iran just for fun? I can. I will cheer for. No, I'm cheering for England, and I'm cheering for it's Wales, Iran. Uh, yeah, so all those. I'm, root, I'm root, I got to root for Wales, right? I mean, you know. Uh, well, look, if if Iran can win back the honor of New Japan Pro Wrestling and the never open weight title after <laughs> the Saudis have uh, besmirched it, then I'll support them. <laughs> Uh, um, you know, look, you know, there's there's a there's a little history with uh, the United States and Iran. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I, uh, I, I, it's, it's like it would be. And now Carl Anderson has just spiced that one up as well. So <laughs> <laughs> another chapter in the torrid history between the two countries. Yeah, you know. So listen, I got to do what I got to do here. Got to get it back to red, white, and blue. Um, but yeah, I, I'll. I usually root for other countries during the World Cup because because here's the thing, I don't th- like even if we made it to the fucking finals, right? Let's just say that by some dumb sheer luck, the United States goes to the world the uh, World Cup final, the FIFA World Cup final. Uh, I don't. It would be big, and I think people would be into it, but I think the general populace would just be like, oh, okay, cool. Like it wouldn't be like their team going to the Super Bowl or anything like that. It just wouldn't. I don't know. I don't know. But maybe I maybe I'm wrong. But I don't. I don't know. I just don't see it. Sorry. Well, look, you either get into the World Cup or World Tag League, so you you got to pick one because <laughs> surely we don't have the energy for both. That's true. Uh, I take I'll take World Cup. I'll take FIFA's World Cup. <laughs> Absolutely. Actually, you know what? World Tag League won't be that bad, but. Um, have we arranged? In defense of World Tag League, they were, the World Tag League was not built off the back of thousands of deaths of migrant workers. So that's got good. that going for it. 
There you go. That's it. Woo! We're in. Now we're in. Um, did they announce? Uh, I didn't see anything. Did they? They didn't announce any participants yet, have they? No, they didn't. I was hoping we'd get them yeah. yesterday during the intermission, but no, we're still waiting. I don't know. Maybe they'll announce them tomorrow. Uh, maybe during the historic crossover show. I have no idea. I've got no intel on this. Mm, I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's true. We uh, we haven't heard much. Usually, we get the inside scoop. But uh, well, I know. Okay, we have one. The, the little breakdown we have is to expect some heavy involvement from New Japan Strong. Yes, yes. That 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 we know. We know. Which which I don't know. That doesn't seem shocking to me, right? That doesn't seem like it's a a, a, a crazy thing to ask for, right? Um, now that the travel restrictions are even less. You would think yeah, we would see more involvement. Um, but I think people, I, I know people get all excited about things like this. And I do too. You know, I'm not guilty. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm guilty as charged. I'm, I get excited for announcements and who's participating. And I mean, that's to me, that's half the fun. But I think people are getting excited at possibilities that mm, might not be on the table. Right. With all these uh, different, yeah. if, if you're holding your breath for me and Damon to be entering World Tag, then <laughs> you're that's in disappointing news here. <laughs> I've been doing sit-ups, um, but you know, it's just uh, so I just feel like sometimes it's like things like this lead to disappointment, um, and rarely do you get like. Well, I can't even say rarely. There are times where you just you do get surprised and shocked, but I don't know. I just think I think people have a lot of emotional investment in just you know big superstar names with this you know idea of companies working together, being involved in something like this. And I think we got to. Oh, I I just want Stray Dog Army in there. If we get some sort of Stray Dog Army team, then I'm going to lose my shit. I'll be delighted. I'll probably be the only person on the planet who would celebrate that. But yeah, no, I'm not holding my breath for like FTR or Young Bucks or anyone involved. I want I want Bateman and Mysterioso and Barrett Brown, and then I'll be a happy little boy. All right, I think that I think you know that's closer to happening than than say Bucks or yeah FTR. I don't know, maybe FTR. It's not like. I mean, they always bitch and moan about Tony Khan not using them and not putting them on TV. <laughs> Tony Khan might be like, all right, fuck it. Go spend the month over there, you pricks. Um, so who, who knows? We'll see. Fingers crossed it'll be exciting. Well, speaking of exciting, did you happen to watch Katsuri Shibata versus Orange Cassidy from the old uh, All Elite Wrestling last week? I did. Um, yeah. It, you know what? It was pretty compelling TV. I will say that. I don't know if, if I would go so far as to say it was a great match, but like I, I felt like it was. Um, I, I think I was watching more of a spectacle, I, and and I feel like I was watching Shibata do things to test out his <laughs> willingness to to test his neck, his head. I guess maybe. Um, I just <sighs> look. He it was very weird. Like, just I, yeah. I haven't seen the match, but just 
when it was announced and I heard of it and people were tweeting me about it, you know, when your brain sort of tries to process information and my brain accepted each constituent part of that, like Katsuri Shibata, All Elite Wrestling, Orange Cassidy, All Atlantic title match. And I tried to put all those things together so my brain could sort of understand and process the information, but my brain just rejected it. It was like, no, no, try again. And I tried again. No, and I just I could not make any sense of it, unfortunately. I just I just can't, can't get my head around it. Like how, why, just a absolutely bizarre thing to happen in 2022 it is and it just adds to that list of bizarre things but um like i don't want to be a fucking wet blanket and people are like you are a wet blanket asshole but uh i'm gonna be a wet blanket more more geared toward not not what i saw because what i saw was fun and that was pro wrestling and fantastic uh i guess where i saw it and 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 the people who were involved in it, and, and and the reason why I say that is is that like this was a legitimate match. Like it didn't, it wasn't an exhibition. It wasn't a fucking, uh, you know, just him showing up and putting people in fucking arm bars. I don't know, like what we would, we what we have gotten in New Japan. Right? Like if you if he's gonna have a like a, a match match. Why would you do it on? Why would you do it on their show? I, 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 because I just feel like he means more to a Japanese audience than than an AEW audience. I think it, there are plenty of people who know who he is, and there's plenty of people who appreciate who he is and appreciate what that kind of meant. And I just, I don't know. I just felt it was weird that it was him. When I say him, Orange Cassidy, and that's no disrespect to Orange Cassidy because. We've said it a million times that when you know he needs to be, he can be, a, you know, something good. Um, I just wonder from a business standpoint, like why would why would that occur there? I guess is my question. My my only interpretation is that New Japan don't want to use him because he's obviously ready and willing to go. You know, he's spoken. To someone, the the news coming over to Wrestling Observer was that he wants two matches specifically. He wanted Orange Cassidy and he wants Brian Danielson. So obviously, if New Japan wanted him to wrestle for New Japan, I think he'd be wrestling for New Japan. So my only conclusion is that they don't want him to wrestle for them. Maybe they think it's too risky. That's that's the only thing I could come up with. Honestly, that's the only. And again, the travel is less, right? Like he's in the states, then we're going to go. You know, fine. Um. And it is, you know, let's be honest here. He probably got more eyeballs than he would on any New Japan show, minus, you know, G One Finals or 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 uh, Wrestle Kingdom. But yeah, I mean, it does. And again, we have no information that that's the case. But it feels like they just they're not willing to take that risk. And he's like, I'm fine. I'm doing it. And I'm doing it. And it's not like he's doing it to. Be, you know, to, you know, give the middle finger to New Japan. And I don't think New Japan has given the middle finger to Shibata, but I don't know. I just thought it was very odd. Like, I don't know. I just felt it was very odd to have something like that. It, it, listen, all everything he's done in the past year has involved, and correct me if I'm wrong, has involved stuff with AEW, like anything major, right? 
Like any angle, any yeah, I mean, talking since, point? Since that, the Ren match at Wrestle Kingdom, we're going to find it with a search party in Japan. Mm-hmm. Mm. He'll do, you know, color commentary one, you know, every once in a while. It'll show up. But yeah, it's just odd that that was the, that was the choice. But I don't know. I think stuff like that, though, sometimes lends to more speculation than there actually is. Again, but I just question why that wouldn't be New Japan. Like, you have that product. Here's the thing, too. It feels like we're creating our own Shibata, if you know what I mean. You know, it feels like we have we're, we have a we have a new Shibata. We have a we have a it's like trading in your car in a lease. Like we got a new car. We I have a new daddy now. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like oh, okay, All right. It does seem it, it does seem to be a uh, striking similarity to what New Japan has and what Shibata uh, is. <laughs> So I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm reading too much into that. Well, I think it was interesting in as much as the second match that was uh, mentioned on Observer. So Scott says, Shibata supposedly asked for matches against OC and Brian Danielson. Will there be yes chance in the Tokyo Dome? Uh, well, no, because chanting is strictly prohibited at this year's uh, Tokyo, or next year's Tokyo Dome show. Um, but I mean, everyone wants to see that. Everyone would love to see Shibata versus Danielson. And, you know, maybe this is a situation where New Japan have said, okay, you can have him to do the Orange Cassidy match in the States, but we want the Danielson match at the Tokyo Dome. But I don't know, that just feels sort of wishful thinking at this point. It, I, My inclination is, no, I don't think we will see that in Japan. I think that's a more likely match to be happening stateside for, on an AEW show. I just keep going back to um, the fact that AEW has a show in Seattle. Um, the same day, and I don't. I just, I don't know. Like that, that weirdly gives me some dumb hope that a city on the western part of, literally on the Pacific Ocean, uh, and a major hub, by the way, uh, for international flights going into Tokyo or coming from Tokyo, um. It does give me a glimmer of hope, a glimmer of hope that we would have something like that. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it it lends itself to disappointment at this point. It really does. If they have the match, do I do I think it will happen? I don't. I don't. Only because. I feel like every time it's like we overthink ourselves and over want ourselves to have something like this, it never happens. Um, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. So you don't think the match will happen at all, or you think the match won't happen in Japan? In, in Japan, at, at uh, Wrestle Kingdom. And speaking of Wrestle Kingdom, didn't I, I did I, did I hear you say that there is no cheering, or there's will there be pockets of cheering? Like, what's the story there? As far as I know, it's no cheering. They haven't said that it will be a cheering show. So you know, they've already started selling tickets for it. I think that they don't. You know, we know how conservative and cautious New Japan are. I think it would be extremely unlikely for them to suddenly change their mind 
halfway through and being like, okay, it's a cheering show now, given that they've sold quite a lot of tickets as it is. And 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 here's the thing too, they're pushing pretty hard the fact to travel in, the doors are open. You know, you heard that on the last show. So I kind of assumed it was a cheering show. Imagine going there and it not being a cheering show. That'd be fucked, wouldn't it? Yeah. Couldn't be me. <laughs> you know, if, if it was a cheering show, I would consider going, but no, miss me with that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and that strangely wasn't mentioned. I didn't really hear that part. So I don't know. I would, yeah, I, I think there's got to be some type of confirmation really soon about what they want to do. And I know that they're, they're going to wait to the, well, they shouldn't wait to the last minute, but they're going to, they're going to try to make it a cheering show. I know that's their, their want, obviously. I think so. I don't think they will. I think they, they, their philosophy would be, we've already sold these tickets uh, under the auspices of it being a no cheering show. So they might think if we suddenly change it to a cheering show, then that might piss off people who only bought tickets because they thought it was a non-cheering show. That's you know, just, some people are still scared of COVID. Okay, that's all well and good, but but like if 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 your thinking is in line with their thinking, that is poor business practice. You know, that's 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 bait and switch. You know, you're 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 you're. You know, I don't think. Let's put it this way: if you got hiked up by this last show, and you know, and again, they, they they on commentary they were talking a lot about, you know, doors are open, borders are open. Come, you know, we want to see you at Wrestle Kingdom. We're the world celebrate uh, pro wrestling and blah blah blah. And I agree with all that. That's because that's what it is. It's a it's a life changing trip if you haven't been there before. You you will have a fucking life changing time uh, for the betterment. Um, but I didn't hear anything about well, come, but it's, you know, you're not gonna be able to cheer. You can clap. I don't. I don't think people, you know, who bought tickets are a thousand percent sure that. What they're getting themselves into. That's, I don't know. That seems a little bit <clears throat> indie pro wrestling to me. No, no, I disagree because they've clearly labeled cheering events on their website. So you can go on the website now and if it's a cheering event, there's an asterisk next to it, big red letters, it says cheering event. So I think they've been, I'll give them credit, I think they've been really transparent about which shows will and won't have cheering. And at no point have they said that Wrestle Kingdom will be a cheering show. So yeah, but they didn't. But I think I, I would assume that anyone who's bought a ticket for Wrestle Kingdom is aware that it's not a cheering show. Okay. All right. I I I hope so. I, I hope so. I don't know. I I let's put it this way. I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have known. And I'm not. You know, I probably would have done if I if I were really serious about going. I probably would have done a lot more homework in looking at. Okay, well, is this going to be a cheering show? Um. Okay. As long as people know, that's that's. I guess that's my main concern. And I'm and I'm not sitting here saying that, you know, Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton are purposely. Sw- you know, that that is not what I'm saying. I, to be very clear. Um. But again, I just didn't hear them say it's a non-cheering show. Um. So, that's that. 
That's that. Okay, well, let's move on to talk about Battle Autumn from the Osaka Prefectural Gym, the Edian Arena, from Saturday, November the 5th. Uh, did I say the date already? I don't know. I've got brain goblins now. Um, David, I think this might be my show of the year. It had that sort of pre-pandemic energy and excitement to it. Mm. I'm trying to think what, what would be better. It was. I thought it was a very good show, first of all. Um I loved the pace of it. I loved the fact that it did feel like every match had its own flavor and own style. And I think whoever laid out this show did a great job in highlighting strengths and uh, avoiding weaknesses and and giving people, given the card, and I thought the card was good, giving them like meeting expectations of what was on paper. I think that was key. Um, yeah, I, I I thought it was it's up there, it's up there, and which is a little bit shocking that it is. But yeah, uh, I think every match delivered very well and did what it needed to do. And again, the pacing was good. You had great matches. Yeah, this 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 could be in the running. I I, I don't have a problem with it being in the running. That's for sure. So we kick things off. The first match was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match. So the champions, I don't know if they are Catch-22 or Catch-22 or Catch-2x2. Two two. I believe in the Japanese commentary they were calling them Catch-2x2. Two two. Uh, Francesco Akira and TJP successfully defending against the LIJ team of Titan and Bushi. So Akira pinned Bushi after 11 minutes, 36 seconds following the Leaning Tower. Uh, Danny says, what are the chances that TJP has actually read Catch-22 and knows what that actually means? I, I, mean, I believe, I think it was Andrew explained this to me on the Discord. So it's, their move is called Catch-22. You know where they both sort of do uh, flying knees at each other, uh, at the opponent? Yes. So it, the idea is knee-knee. And of course, in Japanese, knee means two. So two-two-knee-knee, so with the knees. So I, I believe that's what the name comes from. Uh, but it was interesting because uh, Akira was talking at the press conference before about uh, bringing the junior tag team division back to the, the golden era of junior tag wrestling, which is funny that when he was saying that, you know, he was referring to the era of like Red Dragon and the Young Bucks and stuff, which was an era that was famously absolutely buried by Bushi saying that was the, you know, the piss break match and all the foreigners had come and <laughs> watered it down and made it crap. But Akira is saying, yeah, those were the glory days. <laughs> but I mean, th- th- these four guys, I think have done a tremendous job here, uh, particularly Akira and TJP, because we've praised them before. But uh, I thought the chemistry between the four of them was really good. They uh, they had a show on Thursday where they had singles matches. So there was Akira versus Bushi and then TJP against uh, Titan in the main event. Was it main event? I can't remember. But they had two singles matches and they were really good. Like the, the four of them worked really well together. And this is, you know, I've talked about at length that the IWGP Junior tag belts are the perfect opener for big shows like this 11 minutes nice and tidy didn't go overboard didn't outstay its welcome lots of energy lots of pace high flying moves we've got fresh talent in the division now i think catch 2-2 are great champions and and four guys here with a point to prove this is not guys who uh you know just sort of being downcycled who are usually used to being in the mix for the the singles the junior heavyweight title these are four guys who you know t-town is I don't know if he signed a contract with New Japan, but you know he's just joined LIJ, so he's going to want to go out there to impress off the back of what I thought was a really strong best of the Super Juniors. And Bushi, you know, he doesn't get a chance to be in high-profile matches like this very often, so I'm sure I, I, I could see he was 
putting in a lot of effort there. And he had really good chemistry with Akira. And of course, Akira is new. He's young. He's hungry. TJP coming from strong. I'm sure he's got points to prove as well. So I just think it was a really nice mix. Very fresh. It sort of freshened up the whole division. I thought Francesco Akira has improved a ton since his sort of early best of the Super Junior outings, where he's a little bit nervy. But now he's just like this cocky little prick who's flying around and laying in really heavy strikes. Uh, I think he looked tremendous. He was my standout for this match. And sort of going forward, I would not be against seeing a rematch of this for the Tokyo Dome. So possibly Bushi and Titan winning Super Junior Tag League and challenging again because this was tremendous fun. I thought they did a, a great job. Yeah, I think, I, I think when they talk about those glory years of the junior tag title, um, they, I, I think they did a, an excellent job living up to whatever standards they had in their head um, and delivering it in the match quality. Like this was a perfect, perfect match opener, you know, card opener, um, you know, high paced. I don't think, I don't think they grabbed a hold once, right? I don't think they, uh, you know, there was any time to, to catch your breath. It was, it was a sprint and fun and, and, uh, creative. Yeah. I thought all the, all, I, everybody, uh, had their working boots on. Um, I, it's 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 almost. And again, I, when I opened this, it was every match had its purpose, and every match had its own feel and flavor. And this is the perfect way to 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 you know get people into a show who are who want to be into a show and get into a show and have these four guys get out there and do what they did. Um, I would have no problem having th- this again. I would have no problem having this in uh, a, a a big show rematch type of thing. I don't know how they would position it because it really wasn't like a screw job. You know, it really wasn't like, you know, uh, LIJ got fucked over, you know. But yeah. I think they, they don't need that excuse, David. I mean, how many hundreds of times did we see Rapongi 3K against Kanamara Desperado? That's a good point. Um, but I like it. I, I mean, I like the Teton. I actually do like the Teton Bushi tag team. Like, I, I, I think I, I could definitely get into that. Um, and here's the thing, too it gives Bushi something, though. Yeah, sorry. No, okay. I was going to say, Wait, I was going to say, it makes sense. Uh, it makes sense that they lost because they've only just started teaming together. True. So in terms of kayfabe, they've got you know opportunities to grow and sort of get more synergy together as a team, build up some tag team moves, whereas uh, Catch 2-2 have been tagging for quite a while now. So that's sort of playing into it as well. So I think if you go with that angle, then there's a, a hook for a sequel, if you will. Would you consider Catch 2-2 or 2-by-2 two two or whatever the fuck? Uh, would you consider them in your tag team of the year? I might. I mean, it's sort of slim pickings from New Japan, isn't there? I mean, they haven't been around for, well, even half a year yet. But right. uh, I mean, who else is there? The tag division has not been one of the strengths for uh, New Japan booking this year. Well, from a booking perspective, yeah. I mean, I mean that's that's what sucks because I, I feel like there are teams that are – that could have been in that mix, but yeah, it just seems like a weird year. 
I mean, look, we're going half a year with with FTR as your champions. You know, almost half a year, right? Um, has it been that long? They won them in the summer, right? June. Yeah, correct. All right, so I would put I would I would I would have them in the mix for tag team of the year. Because everything here's the thing. Name me yeah. name me a bad no, no match. Really. Yep. Yeah. I they would might well win. Yep. You mentioned it because no one has held the, the heavyweight tag titles for long enough to really make a case. Yeah. Like like who who would be the top heavyweight tag team? Because it went from Bishamon and then Con on the Cobb. And then FTR, you know, none of those teams have held it for long enough, I think, to really string together a compelling case for New Japan Tag Team. Yeah, it probably will be TJP and Akira. You know, but it's, you know, we all, we love Corn on the Cob, but I I mean, is there, is there a case for them to, to, I, I don't know. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Put FTR as your fucking, you know what I mean? Like, or based on what? Are they eligible? They can't be. Can they be on the ballot for New Japan Tag Team of the Year? I I guess. Yeah, I guess. I suppose Aussie Open have got a good Mm. case because they've been doing good good work on the strong as well. That's true. That's true. But okay. But I guess if, if you are considering strong, and we have to, right? Right? Like, like in all of our year-end ballots, we have to consider, consider strong, and what they do there. Yeah, I guess Aussie Open would be in that mix. I don't know. I just I I feel like nobody's really stood out. I know we've gone into a tag team title <laughs> year-end award rant, but tangent. Sorry. Yeah, okay, get us back on tag team title tangent. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I just think by the time uh, the World Tag League and Super Junior Tag League are over, I think. It's probably now we've discussed it a bit—a straight battle between Catch Two Two and Aussie Open, and whichever one of those teams impresses more during the tag league. And I suspect it will be Aussie Open because I think we'll talk about them later. But they're probably fairly likely to go and win the whole tournament. That maybe the recency bias might help them pip TJP and Acura at the end. Uh, so I mean, speaking of Aussie Open, they featured in the second match where we had Gideon Gray. Aaron Hanare, Carl Fletcher, and Mark Davis defeating the team of Alex Zane, David Finley, Toriyano, and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Carl Fletcher pinned Yano after 9 minutes 50 seconds following the Coriolis. So this was Aussie Open's long-awaited Japan debut, and it was great to see them here finally. And the whole of United Empire assembled, actually, uh, for that matter. It's the first time it's happened in Japan. Um, I mean, nothing really to write home about in terms of the match itself, just a few little tidbits. Like afterwards, Finley said he's not going to be in World Tag League. He says he's angry and bitter and hungry. He's out for himself. He's not teaming up with anyone. We have Yano and Tanahashi paired here again. And you may remember that they were teaming up in last year's World Tag League as Bebop Tag after, I think it was a manga series where the two main characters are called Toru and Hiroshi. And I think they've already started making and selling merchandise for that. So that seems no. to be where they're going for World Tag League. Uh, and this uh, was quite fun. My first time seeing or perhaps just noticing the entrance music for the orchestrator Gideon Gray. So he's got his own music now. So he's officially the heater for United Empire, which I think is a really good spot for him. And um, he looks a bit like an erection, doesn't he? 
I never, never put the two together. But now that you mention it, <laughs> um, yeah, it was good. Like, I, yeah, it's, you know, he's he's the uh, he's the outside heat getter. That's good. Look, I I like them together. I like I like the idea of him being kind of like this, you know, as they were calling him a money mark. Uh, having this uh, stable. Did you see? Uh, and again, the match was fine, but you know, I don't know if I, you know, any real stellar talking points. But did you see the uh, the video of them doing the Reservoir Dogs thing? Yes, Wasn't that, that great? was great. I love that. That was fucking great. Oh, and fucking great, Ocon. <laughs> <laughs> the back yeah. with this woman. I was going to say his bitches, but that would be a very rude thing to say. That was. That's it. Always be terrible. I don't know if you see the the, the film Robocop, uh, where there's a scene in the middle of it where uh, Clarence Bonica comes in with a gun and uh, there's two women. I, I think they're sex workers, and he goes, Bitches, leave. <laughs> that's just one of my favorite lies in cinema history. And apparently the director, Paul Verhoeven, was just calling the bitches like, yeah, so then he comes in, he says, bitches leave, and the bitches, you leave, so bitches, please stand up and leave. He was just calling the bitches all throughout the recording. Wow. Okay. Listen, uh, I loved it. Uh, I thought that was a fantastic little piece, and whoever uh, thought that up, good on them. Good, good creative, fun work by them. Perfect. I thought the, the one thing that, that besides Okan standing out was was Gideon Gray with the cigarette. Did you see that? I don't know. Yes. <laughs> what what slime ball that was. <laughs> Seriously, that really was. It was just a, just a. I don't know. It just added like it was just a small, tiny little thing that made his character fucking just slimy and perfect. I don't know why, but he. I was. I found that to be just a stroke of of genius to have him do that on film. Fantastic. What are your thoughts? Okay, two questions, Chad. Uh, your thoughts on wrestling Twitter discovering Mark Davis's Pixar mum ass? <laughs> no username. He writes in saying, "Would you rather see as the next Tenga mascot alongside Muto, Great Okan, or Aaron Hinari?" <laughs> There are words that I I, I don't know. <laughs> what you, I have no idea what you're saying, and I'm going to take that. Okay, as, apparently, Mark Davis. And I'm going to I'm going to take Mark that as disrespect. <laughs> I'm going to take the fact that I, that you're Mark. using words that I don't know as disrespect. Uh, okay, so apparently I missed this one. Apparently, Mark Davis's backside resembles that of you know Pixar movies. You know those animated movies. Yes, and the mother, the mothers. Those sort of CG generated mums in the Pixar movies, their their backsides. Apparently, Mark Davis's bum is the same as them. I don't know, David. Someone said it in the Discord. I thought it was funny. I thought it would pop you, and it did. So I was I was right to bring it up. And um, oh, wait, I, yeah, I'm uh, lost. I, I, I need some clarity here. Wait, time out. What they're saying is is that Mark <laughs> Davis's ass resembles yeah. that of a Pixar character, a motherly character in a Pixar movie. Yeah. Is that what I'm getting? Correct. Correct. Who would make you know, that connection? How would they do? Like, what would they? <laughs> like wrestling Twitter, apparently. Apparently, this was a big event. I missed it. I'm gutted about that. Okay. Yeah, I don't I have no idea what the fuck that means. But okay, go ahead. Okay. And the second thing was, so are you familiar with Tenga, the uh, the masturbation aids? 
No. Little Tenga eggs. What? No. A nice little wank. You I know? have no. What is this? What so, was a Tenga yeah, egg? Can I Google it? Yeah. Right, it's like a, a little kind of rubbery sleeve that you can use to pleasure yourself. Oh, is it, is it like a fucking, uh, oh, what are they called? Fleshlight. Fleshlight, yeah. Uh, all right. Tenga yeah, egg like series. That. All right, let's see here. Portable. Oh, you could buy them on Amazon, apparently. I wonder if we could get them to sponsor us. Male masturbatory variety pack, a six pack of eggs. They look like they come in an egg carton. They look like eggs. All right, what do you do with them? You come in an egg. That could be their. T- <laughs> that could be their slogan. Come in an egg. It really does come like like it just says egg on it, and like like okay. Uh, I, I, all right, wait. Disposable, easy to use design. Crack open the shell like casing. Pour in the attached lotion, and you're ready to go. Simply place our male stroker back in the shell and dispose of. I, they look very small. Like, how do you, are you sticking your dick in? How many of these things work? All right, I'm looking right now. Uh, you peel off and then you open up. Report back. Yeah, right. Report on the podcast. And then there's like a liquid that you, and you, oh, oh, okay. And then you just slide it over. look, I I ate a Carolina Reaper chili live on this podcast. I think it's only fair that you have a wank (laughs) using a a Tenga egg whilst recording the next show. (laughs) I mean, if somebody wants to buy me one of these, I'll give it a shot, but I'm not, like, it just seems... Ver, like a lot, a lot of science going on to just fucking jerk off. Just jerk off, dude. Come on. The whole, that, this this is more like, trouble than it's worth. And I just think the the shameful cleanup afterwards, where you're sort of rinsing out your little rubbery egg. <laughs> you think, oh, what <laughs> no, I, that's the worst part. Right. It's not the fact that you're fucking a piece of plastic. It's the fact that you got to clean it up afterward. That's that's the thing. Yeah, I agree. That's that's the shame of it. That's the shame of it. Um. I, you want to? I don't. Think- <laughs> the question was, who, who did you want to be the front man for this? Great O'Connor or Aaron Hanare? So Aaron Hanare is a uh, he's a uh, no fap. He's 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 no nuts. Not no nut November. No nut ever. He he, he never masturbates. Uh, yeah. How do you? How do we know this? Did he said it? Uh, his his uh, book that he's written, his primal bro thing. Uh huh. Maybe we need to have the Super J Cast book club. But uh, I mean, if if it's one of them, I'm, I'm pretty sure Great Khan would wouldn't say no to that. He could see him being all over that. <laughs> Maybe they could print his face on the side of the egg. Yes. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> Having that thing going up and down. You. What? This audio supplements to go with it. This whole <laughs> <They> just, <laughs> Great Khan doing jerk off instructions. <laughs> Filthy peasant, put your disgusting penis inside. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, here's the thing, too. All right. There's so many points I need to cover. First of all, Hanari doesn't jerk off. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I kind of find that hard to believe. How do you not jerk? (laughs) That's the question. How do you not jerk off in this day and age? Um well, I was going to say maybe there's some sort of traumatic incident that, you know, often people who are, you know, alcoholic decide to go um, straight edge or whatever. Sure. Um, because, you know, things have gone wrong in the past. So uh, I think it was Ark on our Discord who says that's the real reason Honjo left the New Japan Dojo. He was sick of Hinare's wanking addiction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you know what? You're probably right in that. He probably had, like, like he was probably like, fucking an apple pie or some shit, you know, or, you know, got caught. 
and now he's not. <laughs> Fucking the Chanko. <laughs> oh, not again. <laughs> Come on. Uh, he also got vagina. Um, Eugene Nags is shaking his head all disapprovingly. <laughs> this is not the way. No, we're not eating again, guys. Back to Lawson's we go. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I've, I, I don't know why you would want to do that. Why would you want to do that? I mean, masturbation is literally one of the last pleasures we have in life, people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the, the, there's no reason not to do it. None. Not hurting anybody. You're, you're good to go. I, I want everyone, to, uh, here's my voice, to please continue masturbating um, while listening to me. A- ASR. Is that what it is? ASMR? Or whatever. All right. So that's that. These eggs, <laughs> you can get a variety. Still talking about the eggs. Yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated because you're fucking an egg. Like, I don't understand what, like, it, it's not, like, your dick is not egg-shaped. So you're not getting full coverage. Like, I can't understand, like... Like uh, okay, so there's like, like a there's, there's a there's a little sort of textured yes. rubber sleeve inside the egg. Yes. So you open the plastic bit, and then there's a, a, a stretchy rubber textured egg shaped thing, but it stretches. So presumably, it will stretch for the full length of your enormous manhood. So don't worry, <laughs> team. Okay, you'll be covered because it just looks like it just covers the top of it. It covers your head, covers your helmet, and it's not going to go all the way down. All right. Because it's in an egg. No, it will. It will. It's stretchy. Oh, it's stretchy. It's but how do you hold it? It's rubber. All right, I rubber need... is stretchy. It's elastic. <laughs> I mean, but I just don't understand. All right. I, I might have to buy one just to see what the fuck it does. Like, well, you, you see the advertising for this? It's in an Easter basket. These fucking eggs are in an Easter basket. <laughs> <laughs> Little bunnies on I the front. Oh, God. <laughs> like, you. Find them around the house for your kids to look for. <laughs> mommy, mommy, the, the Easter bunny left me a, a, these eggs. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. All right. Well, now I know something new. I learned something. Oh, by the way, it's an easy beat clicker. Easy beat? Is that a pun? Is that a uh, – this is unbelievable. I've learned something. That, oh, look, I, 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 now I got to look at the six answered questions. You know how they have Amazon here. This might be the worst I've derailed the podcast. Oh, this is, we are off the rails. Here's a question. I am uncut. Does it work better for cut guys? It works great for either. I'm cut and have an uncut friend. (laughs) And we both enjoy them. Let me compare notes. (laughs) (laughs) Is this this okay to go through airport security check? There's nothing contained in these items that would violate air flight regulations. All right. Um, how is this packaged? Is it packaged discreetly? Uh, all orders in a plain brown packaging. No indications of the. Uh, there's people with pictures of it. Okay. Oh, wait, there's pictures of it. Okay. Let's see. Um, oh, it says it's made with cancerous materials. It's got one star. Made with cancerous materials. How lovely. I wish they said that part of the product could cause oh, the advertising. That's <laughs> that's a weird bit of copy they sent. <laughs> I know, but it's, it's like there's a sticker on the bottom of it that says "warning," and I can't zoom in on the image. I wonder. Uh, no, I, oh my god, this looks really. Huh. I don't think I would like this. Ooh. Somebody's saying that it was but sent. Somebody has a has a has a um 
has a uh, re- review. Absolutely one star. Absolutely disgusting. We received these, and one of them was open, and the lube was open as well. Five others were sealed and appeared to be unused, unable to return, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I hate it when other people come in your ex. <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> you know, I hate when that happens. Ah, there's load in my egg. <sighs> I tell you what. This is crazy. I, 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 we got to move on because I can spend all day doing this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Uh, the third match, then, a special singles match, Hikoleo defeated Yujiro Takahashi in 28 seconds with the chokeslam, which was great. I mean, the absolute correct outcome here. So he got all the goons kicked out and then squashed Yujiro flat and built his case for to be, uh, you know, talking trash about Carl Anderson and saying he's come for the Never title. And when he did pin him, I just like the crowd. There was a little, oh, yeah. like they were they were really shocked that he destroyed Yudro like this. And I was worried that they were going to 50-50 it and there'd be like some long Yudro control periods. But uh, the squash was perfect. Definitely the right call here. A thousand and ten percent. Yes. Yes. Couldn't agree more. Um, it, they, they, they did the 9-1-1 gimmick where, you know, they, they, had, they, they had him go out there. And not to say that he couldn't do more, but let's be honest here. Who would want to see him do more? Who cares? He's a monster. The guy is fucking huge. He should squash Yujiro. He should. And let's emphasize the fact that we're trying to make new stars here. Yes. Perfect. Love it. Let's not have him do anything else. Let's just have him fucking destroy uh, a guy that he should destroy. Like, like it was... It was it was refreshing to see some common sense in the sense of we need to build this guy as a monster and a credible threat to everyone. Let's have him squash somebody. Boom. No harm, no foul for Yujiro. You know, he's not going to lose any steam. What steam does he have? Um, perfect. Perfect. I, I appreciate the guts that they had to do this. This is and because it, it is exactly what needed to be done. Yeah. Uh, fourth match was the NJPW World TV Championship Tournament semi-final with Ren Narita defeating Sanada in 40 minutes, 31 seconds with the Narita special number four. So Ren Narita advances to the final at Wrestle Kingdom. So we talked about this uh, on the show last week about how we weren't taking it for granted that he would beat Sanada. Like that is a very, very big win because... Sonada, he's a pushed guy. You know, he's a guy who's regularly challenging for top titles. He's been in the G1 Climax final. So he's not a guy that a young returning young lion would usually plow through like this. So, you know, name another young lion who's returned immediately and gone through guys like Ishii. And Yano, you know, for all the the, the clownish antics of Yano, he is a significant win because he tends to beat guys like this. You know, he knocked a great Okan out of the New Japan Cup last year. So being Ishii and Yano and Sonada on their return. That is, I think, a really impressive achievement that speaks volumes about what the company think of Red Narita. And I really enjoyed this match. I thought they had great chemistry. Like the way Sonata, he was sort of almost leading heel. He was clowning on Ren early on and doing the paradise lock, doing the paradise lock in the rope and telling everyone, oh, you know, take some photos, look at this idiot, just disrespecting him until Ren was like, no, motherfucker, I'm serious about this. Don't make a joke out of me and just beat some respect out of him. And then Sonata was fired up at the end. He brought the fire. And I just love the finisher of it. Me too. The, the, 
the, the way it can sort of come out of nowhere, the, uh, the way he counted the rolling elbow, and just, again, I've said it before, it's just like a scorpion's tail, just the way it sort of curls around, bang, straight into the pin. And look, I, I've said it before, it bears repeating, you know, this guy, he's not a Shibata clone. He feels like his own man, he's got his own goals, he's spoken, you know, he wants to break it all down, all the traditional hierarchies and structures, and, you know, start again from scratch. Uh, so, yeah, what did you think of the match? I loved it. I loved it. And I know that I went on a little bit of a tangent about how we have our own Shibata now and we have the new Shibata. I mean, look, there there are, un, you know, obviously similarities and obviously things that uh, both guys do very well in, ver- in a very similar fashion uh, and the way that he's modeled and the way that he's uh, presented uh, in the same breath, right? He, of course, he wants to be his own man and all that stuff. Loved it. I love, I love the, and again, I love the fact that they had the balls to go all in on a guy that, you know, it's, 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 we love him. And I think the majority of the fans love him, but there's always that question mark of, okay, if we fucking put the rocket on him, is this going to work? Sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. They, they took the risk of that and made it happen. Beating Sonata is not a, you know, a hand wave moment for this. And, 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 and his whole trajectory is not a hand wave at all. He's getting wins over solid upper middle card guys. Like for a returning young lion becoming his, his you know, graduating to the true New Japan ranks, this is a big deal. Um, this is a big spotlight match. And the here's the thing. The way that he won it, you know, it was convincing. There was no, you know, it was, it, again, it wasn't like he dominated 15 minutes of the match. No, of course not. Um, and there were moments where Sonata was like, okay, I'm kind of toying with him a little bit, you know, with the Sonata lock and all that nonsense. Uh, and and the moonsault, going for the moonsault and missing, uh, getting the knees. Look, uh, I appreciate the fact that what we're seeing is a somewhat quick rise of a guy who people dig and people can really get behind. Um, and, it, and who has a feel, and again, as much as we want to say he's his own guy, who has a feel of a guy who makes a connection with a lot of New Japan Pro Wrestling fans, right? There's a lot of New Japan Pro Wrestling fans that, let's be honest, might not even be in on this ride as of yet, but will jump on the fucking bandwagon real soon when they get wind of this. Um, I think it's a good move. I really do. I think it's a fantastic move. He, I look, I, I know we talked before. Do you just give him the fucking TV belt? I would have zero problem with him winning. Zero. None. Yeah, we have questions for that. Uh, Greg starts, it should Ren be the first TV champ at this point, or does it make more sense to have him face some adversity first? <sighs> I mean, there's benefits to both. But, I, like, we're, I, 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 there's benefits. There's benefits to both, and it depends on. Like you, I don't know if you can answer that question before it actually happens, 
right? Because it depends on the path in which they go. So if if he's chasing someone, if, 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 if whether that's Zach or whether that's whomever, and that that could be made a compelling storyline, sure, absolutely. But him holding the title, you know, let's say he winds up fucking defending it against whomever, you know, I don't know. Uh, but it, but it, but it turning out being like something special or great, you know. Maybe Shibata comes back at that point. Again, I'm giving you a wacky scenario, but you know, he, just Shibata's the challenger to take the title from the the guy who he groomed. You know, I don't know. I just think you can go either way. But I but but I I'm, I'm lo- what I'm looking for, I guess, is <clears throat> New Japan having guts to do that. Like, and I think that would mean more at this point than him going on a chase. That's that's me. But I think you can go either way, and both ways could be great. I do like the way they uh, threatened us with the possibility of this and evil final, which I kind of convinced myself we were getting after last week's preview pod. But uh, our fifth match then was the TV Championship Tournament semi-final with Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Evil in 4 minutes 48 seconds with a ground Cobra twist. So Zack Sabre Jr. advances to the final as well. This whole thing was fucking hilarious yes. statement. Like from the the Zach promo that he was delivering via Oiwa saying, you know, I like Marmite, evil you pumpkin heads, dickhead spanker. <laughs> and then the bit with uh, Oiwa getting beaten up from the start and then Fujita coming out with a hat with a sticker that said, I'm also his ZSJ. <laughs> and Dick Togo just sort of peering under the cap, who is this? And then pulled it off and then you get the big reveal that it was Fujita and then evil selling it is absolutely outraged he's pointing in horror just the whole execution of it the comic timing of it was fantastic everyone just did it amazingly it was genuinely hilarious and you know further proof that evil and house of torture as comedy heel mid-carders is a home run yeah but that doesn't work without pissing everyone off with all the bullshit cheating shenanigans and i just love the continuity of this that zach is he's just got evil's number he just does this to him every time he outsmarted him yet again and he's also the tournament specialist and yeah, really looking forward to the the final at the Tokyo Dome. The, the two sort of competing visions of quote unquote strong style, whatever that is, marketing gimmick, whatever you want to uh, consider it. But yeah, that's going to be a really interesting final. But this match was fucking great. Loved it. Would it shock you if I told you this was one of the like this match? I can't say it's like one of my favorite matches of all time. I, I, I can't go that far. I thoroughly enjoyed every moment of this. I, I because of the fact that like this was pro wrestling. Like like in its in its people like talk about like oh Yano is so funny and blah 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 and he no no this this is this is this was comedy pro wrestling to me. You know what I mean? Like this was just creative and fun and match exciting and the heels getting fucked over and looking like fucking bumbling idiots and um, like everything was great. Even the spots where like like evil's taking them and throwing them into Zack, you know, and, and using them against him. I, I, and at the spot where Dick Togo's underneath the ring grabbing on the evil's leg, right? And he was like, it's me, you asshole. <laughs> you got the wrong guy. Um, I loved it. I really did. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm somewhat embarrassed to say that, I, that I loved it this much, 
I thought it was fucking tremendous. I really did. Like, to me, this is how, like, if you're going to do comedy wrestling, which I have no problem with comedy wrestling, that to me is comedy wrestling. But what we saw was comedy wrestling. Like, that that was creative and fun and silly and still f- exciting and fun. I don't know, man. I thought this was this is well laid out. And whoever, whoever, if it's Zach, I don't know who it was, but whoever laid out this fucking match deserves fucking all the flowers thrown at them. Because again, we all love the classic 35 minute main event at the Tokyo Dome, blah, blah, blah. We love it. That's 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 for the for a lot of people, that's why we're here. This was a breath of fresh air. This was great. It's just great. It really was great. I can't. I can't. I. This is a match that I would watch again just because it was great. Oh, so creative. So you know, in the in the year, I'm sure everyone watches big smile on your face. Yes, you, the whole way through. Yes, that's that. That's it. That's that's it. You will have a smile on your face the entire match. Like seriously. It, it, this will brighten your day. <laughs> That's the best way I can describe it. It will brighten your day. I'm going to push my luck here, Damon. Do we want to throw some flowers at Evil for the sheer range of the man who could not only do the sort of hard-hitting, never-open-weight style brawling matches, he can also do the infuriating, evil, heel, cheating shenanigans that annoy everyone, and he can also do comedy matches. Yeah, and listen, some some a good amount of credit has to go to evil for for something like this and again we're talking like this is fucking you know flare steamboat okada omega or tanahashi you know this is you know let's but it it, like it's just a cleansing a a palate cleansing if you will um yeah, I yeah. Mean, I mean, I'd take this over the, the three minute Yamo versus Gallows match any day of the week. Oh, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. They, they're serving the same function, aren't they? Yeah. Yes, absolutely, they are. Right. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was very creative and well done. And here's the thing: something uh, to, to answer your question. Um, what was your question? <laughs> Sorry. Let's let's uh, give evil oh, the praise evil, he yes, deserves yes. for his reign. Um. He, look, nobody's going to sit here and tell you that they enjoyed his IWGP heavyweight championship run. Nobody's going to tell you that uh, the Dick Togo's interfering house of torture stuff is people fucking, nobody's going to tell you that. But he is, he's done very well in a position that another professional wrestler might take as a downgrade and a lowering of the card and he's leaned into it so well i got you got to give him credit for that got to give him credit for that and yeah he is pretty versatile come to you know yeah if, if 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 we're being honest absolutely um i can't believe we're for fawning over this is what this show has become. <laughs> a four-minute evil match. Right, right. I've got you totally house of torture pilled. Right, right. Fucking Antonio's losing his, losing his mind, and we're sitting here jerking off to it. 
Break out the Tenga eggs. Let's go. Let's get, <laughs> let's get some eggs. Can I offer you an egg in these trying times? All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The sixth match was the incredible tag match with the team of Master Huato mm. and El Desperado defeating Hiromu Takahashi and Taiji Ishimori. So, Huato, I guess he kind of pinned Hiromu yeah. after 60 minutes and 49 seconds. Now, you know, we, we talk about the old WWE trope of, you know, can the feuding wrestlers coexist in a tag team? But they did this, but it was actually good. And by comparison, it shows you how trash the other company is. Because uh, um, as a teacher, right, so I've got a talk partner uh, schedule schedule with my students where each week they get a different talk partner. And sometimes they're paired up with people they don't want to be paired up with. This is the exact energy I get when I pair together two kids who don't like each other and just do not want to be anywhere near each other. Just this whole match was weaved in all these beautiful little pro wrestling microaggressions like... You know, Despy putting his hand out for the tag and then moving his hand and then <laughs> slapping Watto in the face. Just all little things like that. Like, everyone played their role perfectly. Like, we had Hiromu full of enthusiasm. He was ready to start a beautiful friendship with Taiji Ishimori and then just losing it in the middle of the match. <laughs> Ishimori just didn't give a shit. He didn't want to be there. He was just out of the match himself. He just took himself out of it, didn't want to tag in, had no interest in it. Uh, Watto, he was like the straight man. He, he wanted to win the match. But then Despi just hates Watto. He's got so much disdain for him. He immediately tagged the match just to fuck with Watto. And I mean, for me, actually, I thought this match did a ton to elevate Master Watto. You could see him sort of smartening up to Despi's horseshit, like standing up to the bully, if you like. And I wasn't high on the four-way Wrestle Kingdom match, but this sold me. After seeing this and how creative it was and how they sort of told this little self-contained story, like if the four-way at Wrestle Kingdom is anything like this, it's going to be a really good time. This was creative it was funny there were some really vicious spots really memorable spots like despy when he suplexed hiromu on the ramp and then just did the little shrug when he was getting abolished by the ref hiromu trying to pin his own tag partner and the finish was just incredible because you know we get to the climactic bit and hiromu's trying to be friends with ishimori and then he's lost it with him and has just been trying to attack him in the middle of the match but then finally the closing stretch they hit this kind of synergy where they're on the same page. They're doing these tag moves together. They're looking at each other like, oh, my gosh, are we going to be tag partners now? We're going to be friends. Are we best and friends then Ishimori's now? just like, oh, <laughs> Yeah. Ishimori just knees him in the face and deliberately loses the match just, just to fuck with Hiromi. It was so good. I love this match so much. And I was not expecting going into it. I was hand-waving it. But this was actually, I'm going to say, it was one of my favorite tag matches of the year. Wow. Okay. I, I listen. I'm I'm on board with this. Like, and I, and I agree with everything you said. It, and again, I used uh, a line from the movie Step Brothers, um, because that's that's the vibe I got from it. Like, it was like those the Will Farrell and and the, was it Nelson Nelson whatever his name is, uh, you know, those beginning scenes where they're playing a role as if they were. 11 year old children 10 year old children um the mannerisms and the, and and the way you know the, what they would say and their facial expressions and how they react in certain situations like it's one of my favorite fucking movies of all time just for the pure silliness of it um but to like if somehow it has stepbrothers vibes in this match where you're right people didn't want to be together and it, and they did it in a way that again a little bit silly, but more so it was like, like how people might do 
you know, react and and um uh, the, the to the situations that they're in. They don't want to tag with each other, and it's not over the top silly, and it's not slapsticky. It's you know, it's still pro wrestling, mind you, but you know, it's it made sense. I thought they did it very well. Um, I don't know. Watto's Watto's not growing on me by any stretch, but he's definitely more tolerable. How about that? How about that? He's he. Let's put it this way: he doesn't offend me anymore. <laughs> like he doesn't. He's not rage inspiring. He's gotten oh he's gotten better he's gotten better he's gotten better how about that he's gotten better um look no i say that i i think what for what i saw from this match i think if they lay out the wrestle kingdom match correctly there is an opportunity to make water here and get him over with the crowd finally and make him into a star you know if you tell the story where he's just getting absolutely punked by the other three guys constantly throughout the match and sort of take you on that emotional roller coaster and have you sort of cheering for him at the end. Like you really want him to pull it out of the bag and overcome these three assholes. Then I think that could be a, a big moment for Watto. But uh, again, I'm, I'm very optimistically projecting upon that match, but, but based on what I saw here, I, there's an opportunity for that. No, it would be nice is, is if they did that, but they made it so that it was, it's, the match has a lot of sandpaper, a little bit of violence um, associated with it um, to really get over the fact that, you know, to make Watto this guy who overcame the odds um, against, you know, literally the, th- the three best junior heavyweights in the division. That might be something. Um, my only concern with that would be I don't know if Watto could carry that torch yet. Because there's been really no evidence that he can. Like, he's improved and he's gotten better. But do you think he could be a guy who could, if you gave him that opportunity and gave him that moment, would he be able to carry the torch? Do you think do you, do you think he would be able to ride that momentum himself? I would rather try and find out than belt up Despi or Ishimori or Hiromu again. Because we've seen all of those guys holding that belt for a long time and beating everyone else in the division. We know what they can do at this point, so let's try something new. Okay. Okay. But he, I would say two out of those three people. Look, are you going to give the belt to Hiromo? Okay, we've, we have seen that. And, it, and here's the thing. I'm, we're saying it like we've seen it, we've done that, blah, blah, blah. He, he's still great. It's still great. Despi, great. Ishimori, great moments. Good moments. He is the wild card. Um, Watto. I don't know. I, I have my doubts, man. Look, if you want to have the guts to do it, do it. Give it a shot. You know what? Give it a shot. Why not? What the fuck? You're right. We've seen three before. Personally, I'd rather see Despi of all of them. I think he has the most entertaining, uh, interesting, fun. Like he, to me, he's one of those those wrestlers who's had an like a really great year, doing a ton of different things. 
I don't know. I th- I think there's more upside with Despi than there is with Watto. I think I think him finding a way to channel all the wackiness that he has been involved with in this year to channel that into his new run would be so fucking great. And I don't know if you could even sniff those levels with Master Watto. Yeah, that's fair. I think it would be a risk to put it on Watto. But again, after seeing this match, I think there is upside to it. Um, But I think I also agree with you that it's unlikely we'll be seeing Hiromu and Ishimori making their beds into bunk beds after that match. <laughs> we have so much room. So, uh, Vishal says after, <laughs> yeah, yeah. after that, uh, Vishal says after that great, great, incredible tag match, should New Japan consider an eight-team knockout tournament with a special singles match at Wrestle Kingdom being the prize? Now, look, I, I wouldn't want to overdo this. I think the reason this can they coexist story works so well is because they, I can't remember them doing it before. So I think it was the freshness of it and the creativity that made it interesting. I wouldn't want to sort of flog that dead horse. Not that it's dead already, but I wouldn't want to risk it becoming a dead flogged horse right. uh, by overdoing it. So no, I, I wouldn't. But I would love to see it just maybe like once a year, try and do it. Have an what, annual incredible tag match sort of heading towards Wrestle Kingdom. It could be like a little annual treat on this, uh, is it November? Yeah, on this little November show. So I would like to see it again. Yeah, I, I would have no problem with that. I like these the, specific guys, but just you know, similar thing. Yeah, yeah, I like the idea of they open the envelopes and you know you don't know who you're fucking. Part- I, I, I kind of dig that. Yeah, I like it. It could, be, and you can be creative with that. Like you can you can go in multiple different directions with that. So yeah, I wouldn't have a, have a problem seeing it again. Like again, we don't want to beat a good idea to death, but like like we always do in pro wrestling. But yeah, I, I would I'd be fine with it. Okay, so seventh match was a special tag match with Tamatonga and Kazuchika Okada defeating Kenta and Jay White. So Tamatonga pinned Kenta after 17 minutes and 34 seconds with a gun stun. I mean, the match was fine. It was whatever. But I think we need to talk about Jay White. So Andrew writes in and says, is Jay Okada the least interesting build to a Wrestle Kingdom main event of the Bushiroad era? And is it the first time the Wrestle Kingdom main event is the least exciting thing on the show? Mm-hmm. With Jay not on historic crossover, can they even salvage this? And I mean, we talk about the previous match where they did a fantastic job in getting my excitement for that four-way junior match from zero to a hundred. It seems to me every time I watch Jay White, my interest in this Wrestle Kingdom main event drops. He, I'm sorry, I I love him as a wrestler. He's an amazingly talented guy. He's got all the tools to be the very best in the world, but he hasn't done anything interesting since 2020, apart from that little anomaly of January 2021 with the Ibushi match and the promo after that, which had absolutely zero payoff. And him doing this gimmick of sort of lampshading the clap crowds and and begging for applause, it's not working for me. It's doing the opposite of what it should do. Again, I think it was Andrew who said this on Discord. Wrestlers should be making us forget about the clap crowds. And the, the very top wrestlers in the company have made me do that. You know, when Naito or Osprey are going into their wild closing stretches, I'm not thinking about the clap crowds. Like when Jonah is ascending the top rope, I'm not thinking about the clap crowds. So I don't want a wrestler reminding me of how shit it is because it just feels like his own personal resentment. You know, Jamie White, the the the, the pro wrestler, that sort of bleeding through into his work. And just, he's a man who just looks utterly lost with the, the effect the pandemic's had. And it just, I feel every time he is in the ring, the energy of the shows that he's on just grinds to a halt. 
Am I being unfair, or are you feeling similar vibes from him? Well, I will say, and I'm glad somebody is feeling the same way that I am, in the sense that this has been just uh, like what build is is with this match, like what, and and we're we're in a we're at a point where we kind of need something to get us amped up for this main event. Um, and I have not found it yet. Um, like, and, and this may have been the last chance. I don't know if Jay White's going to appear anymore this calendar year to, to hype up Wrestle Kingdom. Right. This might be it. It might be. I mean, I just, like, you were hyped, like, the hype started, like, peaked when when the fucking streamers were falling for, for, for Okada's win at G1. And then he goes, then Okada goes on and says, well, I, you know, we're not def- fucking defending this fucking briefcase. I, I got it. And I ain't doing shit with it, which was kind of weird. Okay, fine. Whatever. And then like Jay has done nothing to help sell this show. The booking has done nothing to sell this show, this main event that we know is coming. Unless, again, I hate you know I hate keep saying it, unless they got something on their sleeves. But kids, it's it's November sixth. What are we doing here? What's what's going on? And usually, when you have this long to build, you have creative ideas to to like, that you want to do to. Chris, you know, peek at your main event. Like you have plenty of time for creative ideas, and it 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 feels. You're right. It feels like it's an an afterthought at this point. Um, I tell you, Damon. I think part of the problem is remember that big Don Taku show earlier in the year where we had a load of just debuts and redebuts and new angles centered around Bullet Club. And the wheels have completely come off all of those. What is that? Parts. Yeah, so, I know. You know the JY the, the return, that just feels, you know, he feels as cold as ice at the moment. Carl uh, Anderson and Luke Gallows reappearing. Look how that's ended up. Uh, Juice Robinson, you know, reappearing through the rock. Oh, Juice Robinson. We see how that's ended up. So all of those things that were set up at Don Taco have just been. Does, doesn't that feel like somebody's somebody's ideas have been tabled. Doesn't it? Like there feels, that feels like a direction in which we were going in which we were leading. And they decided to pause again. This is maybe what the third time where this, this bullet club thing, was supposed to take off and it just starts and stops. Do you remember when Jay White came out on fucking Impact with Kenny? Do you remember that? Like, <laughs> like that seems like a thousand fucking years ago. These start stop things. You think that like f- you know God leaving was kind of the beginning of that. You th- where is the interaction with evil? <laughs> like like in the House of Torture. It's like. Seriously, 
if I if 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 a person who hasn't watched New Japan in a while jumped in and and saw House of Torture, they would think they were just a a, a separate faction altogether, right? I I just yeah, I mean they, they they may as well be at this point, and I think there is a potential to salvage this if you lean into those events. You know, Juice deciding he doesn't want to work in New Japan anymore, and Anderson and Gallows going to Raw, and you acknowledge that and make that part of the story where you know you have a situation where Jay White is. Uh, depending on the support of those guys and then they don't turn up to support him and he ends up losing and then he does the big thing that he did after Wrestle Kingdom 15 with a big crisis of confidence and that leads to some sort of turn. Then I think, yeah, you're sort of making chicken salad out of chicken shit there. But as I say all this, I can hear booze at home saying, Krusty is coming, Krusty is coming, Krusty is coming because I just, you know, been burned too many times. They failed to strike while the iron is hot. So at this point, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. I think we're just heading straight for Okada wins and Jay White is just, ah, oh, I'll, I'll get you next time, shaking his fist and we're back to where we started. Uh, here's the thing. I think at this point, I don't think anybody gives a fuck. Like, I don't think anybody gives a fuck if what Bullet Club does. You know what I mean? Like, like I, like I, I, they, they have extinguished. And again, it's not that hard to fucking stoke the fires again. But they've extinguished any. I, I don't care anymore. Who who cares? And this, and again, right? And there's so much stuff to care about. Like, I'm into catch two two. I'm into Aussie Open going into World Tag League. I'm into FTR still holding the belts. I'm into what's next for Naito. I'm into Osprey with the US title. Ren I'm Narita. into Renarita going for the TV title. I'm into Shota Umino making his re debut. I'm into this junior four way. I would say every single thing. I'm even into Hikuleo. I'm interested to see what they do with him. This main event program from Wrestle Kingdom is the least interesting part of all of those programs I've laid out. Yeah. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, the whole Jay White thing is fucking weird. The whole thing is weird. I, Does it? Does it feel like a guy who's just phoning him into this contract? What I was, that was on the tip of my tongue. I hate to say it. That, that was on the tip of my tongue. Um... I don't know. I don't. I don't. I. I. I don't know what the issue is. But it's been like he's a guy that there are times where I think he is maybe top three best pro wrestlers in the business today. And then there are other times where it's just like, and I don't know if I'm blaming him. And again, I, I, I never I, the, the clap crowd him mocking that. It doesn't re- that doesn't really bother me that much, but I can see I, I I get the point. It's, and I don't even think I'm I'm disappointed with Jay White. I'm disappointed disappointed in the fact that Wrestle Kingdom's main event seems like a fucking afterthought. And you know the the only other time I remember real solid legitimate concern with a build was with Kenny right and and the, the and 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 Tanahashi and you kind of like you know looking back on it you could kind of see why right um but yeah i don't know it just feels like it doesn't feel like he's playing a heel it doesn't feel like he's playing a heel it feels like he's 
indifferent. And that's concerning to me. That's concerning. And and again, the fact that the company is there's there's it feels like they're creatively bankrupt when it comes to this build. It feels like unless they do, it feels like they have nothing. They have nothing except here's your main event. A little disappointing. Let's move on then to the eighth match, which is the IWGP Tag Team Championship match with the champions FTR, Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood defeating the challengers of Great O'Khan and Jeff Cobb. So Dax pinned Great O'Khan after 17 minutes following the big rig. So they worked this match around the Jeff Cobb knee injury. So it looks like Hinari is replacing Cobb in World Tag League. I'm assuming this is a worked injury and they just, you know, Cobb can't bother to do World Tag League or they, they wanted to give Hinari something to do, which is fine. You know, that, that's whatever. A bit disappointing because I really wanted to see more of Khan of the Cobb because I really liked them as a tag team. But this well, basically became a handicap match due to the way it was worked around Cobb's knee. And I don't know. I talked about this when we were reviewing uh, Royal Quest 2 with uh, Chris Amson. The dynamics just feel off to me because... I don't see FTR as the baby faces here, and I'm not sure that the Japan crowd did either. Like, one, they're not as familiar with FTR as perhaps the Western crowd are, and I think they wanted to cheer for Great Okan because of the sort of baby face and peril dynamic set up that he was basically wrestling them by himself, and that they are the new Japan regulars. They are the guys who are in Japan week in, week out, wanting to wrestle in the tag division and defend these titles, whereas FTR, you know, for all the great matches that they have, they have not defended the titles regularly. And, you know, that was all amplified by the layout of the match. It started quite slowly. But to be fair to FTR, I really think they did a good job getting the crowd into it by the second half, particularly Cash. I think he really managed to elicit some emotional response from the crowd. So he did great work there. But it ended quite abruptly. I have been sort of conditioned when I'm watching an FTR match to expect these 30-minute epics but the moment this ended is usually when their matches kick into the next gear. So I thought it was a really good match, but I was expecting it kind of the, the way it finished. I was like, oh, is that it? And made me think maybe they have a better match in them. But that's not to say it was a bad match at all, because I think it was a really good match. But um, they they put over New Japan and the tag division in their post-match promo. And Aussie Open came out and they were spilling beer over each other. I think the rematch from Wrestle Kingdom is... Inevitable. I think Aussie Open are going to go with World Tag League, good challenge again. But uh, something's just popped up on my timeline here. So uh, Dax, the, the ball fella, Festa Shine Top, he tweeted, we're taking the New Japan Tag Team Division, loading it up on our backs and taking it to the heights of the 90s. But uh, our friends at Keeping It Strong Style have quote tweeted that saying, putting the division on their back, question mark, been to Japan once, worked zero tours, skipping World Tag League, didn't defend for 97 days from an outside promotion, the heights of the 90s, shit was better in 2018. Two great defences, no doubt, but let's slow the blue cap. So that's from the young boy, Josh. And I find myself agreeing with that. I, I'm just having an emotional disconnect with FTR presenting themselves as the baby faces here. I don't know if that's intentional. Is this supposed to be like heels who think they're the baby faces, which is all well and good. You know, I like that, but I'm not sure that's how we're supposed to react to it here. But yes, yeah, so I've got mixed feelings on this statement. Yeah. Um, I think Hanare being put in the mix, unless you were going to have Cobb and Okan win the thing, you know, you're going to have a lot of losses for both of those guys, a lot of pinfalls. So 
having Hanari in there makes a little bit of sense in the sense that, okay, there here's your guy who can take some falls and protect some people. Um, the match itself, I thought was good. I really like FTR a lot. Um, I don't know if this is one of their best. Um, and yeah, it was a weird dynamic of them. Maybe not always wrestling that way, but wanting to be, I don't know. It felt like the, the fans had no idea where they wanted to go. And the, the natural progression was to root for the hometown team. Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty indifferent on it. It doesn't feel like anything like groundbreaking or anything earth shattering. I do find it funny that you and, and the right, you know, the fact that, you know, look, people tweeting out dumb shit happens all the time. Right? It's hard for me to put a lot of stock in, into a fucking tweet, but I mean, we all know it's not even remotely accurate how they're going to carry it. They're, they're going to drop the fucking straps is what's going to happen. Um, I don't know. I, I, once again, I question. Okay, let, let's just fucking lay it out on the line here and stop beating around the fucking bush. There is absolutely no benefit of FTR holding the IWGP tag straps. And if you can give me the benefit, I'll I'll do an Irish jig in the fucking middle of the street. There is none. Okay, all right. Just play devil's advocate. All right. Uh, FTR at Aussie Open had uh, uh, widely regarded as a match of the year contender at Royal Quest 2, right? So by running that back as a rematch for Wrestle Kingdom, that is a potential hook for lapsed New Japan fans or maybe AW fans who are not New Japan World subscribers to see the Wrestle Kingdom lineup and think, oh, there's FTR against Aussie Open rematch here. The first one I heard was great. I want to check this one out as well. Fantastic. Six months. These people, or these people, FTR, will be holding the titles. So, f- literally, we're doing a Jericho with the Intercontinental title, right? Um, yeah, I mean, Japan love doing this, don't they? They, really they love do. putting their titles on ice. They really do. They love to take a title and just fucking put it on a shelf and let it sit there and collect dust. And then, you know, maybe dust it off. So, again, I and I agree with everything you say, but... We're doing this for one match that was great in front of what, fifteen hundred people? <laughs> that's 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 we're doing all of this so that somehow we can recreate that on a bigger on a on a, on a, on a, on a in a bigger building. I mean, that's what we're booking for. Forget about long term storytelling. Forget about. Um, you know, keeping your titles relevant. Forget about just fucking defending them in Japan. Forget about the fact that, you know, anything. Because, I mean, are, are, like, is 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 this just to make Aussie Open stars? Like, is that is is that our end goal here? I don't know. Like, I, I suppose so, but I I don't know if the 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 means. The ends justify the means right. because I just with this and the never title situation, it just feels like we 
are kind of pandering to the egos of people who don't work for New Japan. Well, that's what I've been saying for the longest time. Like, like it's hard for for me to get excited about this when it's not relevant. It's you know, look, I I have trouble with. Yeah, don't present this, Steve. Would expect me to cheer them. Don't say, "Oh, these are the good guys." They're not right. I I, I don't know. I, I like for all the praise I give them in some circumstances. Man, New Japan loves to fucking do this shit. And I don't, I, and I, and I, and I don't understand why. I don't understand why. Like, seriously, I understand that there was buzz for this match. I, 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 I absolutely get it. But to, to, to literally put your tag titles in, in a holding pattern until January 4th seems a bit preposterous to me. <laughs> Let's put it this way. You put the titles on them, not knowing that Aussie Open and FTR were going to have this fucking fantastic match. And here's the thing. It was a great match. Was it the greatest match of all fucking time? Come on. <laughs> I mean, I just, I don't know. Like, yes, they had a great match. Unbelievable. So that's what you're going to base your entire fucking tag titles over? I don't know. I, I I don't I don't know. I, I, uh, Frank has a question that says, uh, "Think, do you think we'll get FTR in tag league or mainly on Wrestle Kingdom? Would love to see them in all of those potentially fun matchups. I feel like Wrestle Kingdom is where we see them next. And no, they're not going to be on tag league, are they? I I'm going to give you a solid. I don't know. I mean, look again. They're, it's not like they're a mainstay on on AEW television, right? It's not like they're constantly used they bitch and moan about it all the time i don't know i don't know if they're going to take a month out of their lives and fucking do world tag league i think i i i think the 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 odds are that they'll be um at wrestle kingdom i think i think i think what we're going yeah. to see is aussie open win world tag league and challenge at the dome and in the meantime, the belts just fucking collect dust. At the very least, they could defend them on dynamite or something. But no, I do not think we're getting FTR, you know, night seven World Tag League versus Evil and Udro versus Chase and Bad Luck Farley in uh, Deku. No, that's not happening, is it? Um, all right, then let's talk about the main event, the ninth match, the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship match. Will Ospreay defending against Tetsuya Naito, 30 minutes and seven seconds with a Stormbroker. Two of the best wrestlers on the planet, Damon. I mean, Osprey is achieving his mission of setting out to make the US title meaningful because you have matches like this in big spots at the top of big shows, great matches between two great competitors. That is what makes these titles meaningful. So he is achieving that. And look, the, the match I thought was fantastic. Like I said, I, I love both of these guys as wrestlers. I thought they knocked it out of the park here. I think they've got great chemistry. I think everything was executed flawlessly. There was genuine drama. I had my heart in my mouth because, you know, us as Naito fans, we're sitting there thinking, fuck, if he loses this, he's got nothing for Wrestle Kingdom. What's he going to do? So I thought maybe the stakes were not as high as the G1 semi-final, which maybe hurt it a little bit. But in terms of the in-ring work, I thought it was right up there. And I mean, what, what can we say about Will Ospreay, who is probably going to be winning the Wrestler of the Year award, New Japan Wrestler of the Year award at least. And, you know, people don't want to hear this. 
not only is his wrestling great, his promos are consistently good as well. And I thought he cut really good ones after this show as well. He's got the perfect balance of basically being an angry thug and an arrogant twat, but also elevating the title and putting over his opponents in an organic way. And, you know, we talked about Jay White. For me, Will Ospreay is a guy who's adapted to this pandemic environment and he is lapping Jay White. I'm infinitely more interested in what Ospreay's doing than Jay White is. So that is how I feel in terms of Will Ospreay's output in this match. And let's talk about Naito a bit because we get all this company narrative and I say company narrative because it's something Naito talks about and the commentary talk about. They lean into this saying that Naito's on his last legs. You know, he's got, this is going to be his, his last chance of getting to the big one. But he's still one of, at worst, the best, what, three wrestlers in the company? One of the best wrestlers on the planet. He doesn't, I'm seeing no evidence of him slowing down. He's always delivering top tier main events. And I guess, you know, the big question is what's next for him. But this is not a guy I think all the, the clock's ticking on him because he's still fucking brilliant. Yeah. And he is losing all the big matches. And he, he lampshaded that in his post-match promo. He said it's, it's on brand, but frustrating. But I just, I don't buy this time is running out narrative. It is a bit of a head scratcher to see, you know, this ice cold Jay Okada program headlining when Naito is so fucking good. And, you know, probably should have been headlining at least two of... Wrestle Kingdom 15, 16, and 17. And he's just a guy who does not get the respect he deserves from the Western Phantom. And, you know, part of that, I think, is the, the lack of respect he gets from, I don't want to name names, but, you know, notable people in the wrestling journalism sphere. I, you know, I don't want to get into Hall of Fame talk here, but if he doesn't make it into the Hall of Fame and people like Ibushi and Ishii do, then I'm going to be fucking pissed because... You know, based on this evidence, it's just the, uh, the fantastic year that Tetsuya Naito's having. Even though every time he goes out for one of these huge matches, he's putting his opponent over and staring at the lights whilst also, you know, turning in match of the year candidates. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Yep. And he's just not getting the love and respect that he deserves. But I, I digress. This was a, a fantastic main event. Here's the problem. I don't think he gets the love and respect of his own company. <laughs> to be real honest, I... At least from a booking perspective, it feels like. Uh, and yes, I mean, look, easy, he's top five in the company. And yeah, he. I think there's a conversation to be had about him being in the top three. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, and if he's not, something's fucking head-scratchingly wrong. Um, what, what does, to me... This loss was him being freed up for something a little bit special at Wrestle Kingdom. That's the only logical. Okay, good. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Because we've got a ton of questions about that. And this is what the fans are excited about. So I'm going to read them all out. Frank says, do you think we get Naito in Tag League? It could be interesting. I hope they have a plan for him at Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestling Dad said, would you agree that Naito and Big Will had the match of the night? Where do they go from here when it comes to Wrestle Kingdom? Cactus Max says, where does Naito go from here? Big star, big merch seller, but it seems like New Japan is now focused on building the next generation rather than having trade the world title with Okada. Jack says, thoughts for Naito at Wrestle Kingdom? David Bentley Fart says, what's next for Naito and who will he wrestle at the time? I actually saw David Bentley, if he's talking about the football player, David Bentley, I saw his debut uh, for Arsenal in the FA Cup against uh, Oxford United back in 2000 and two i want to say but anyway um yeah i'm giving you the book damon what do you think would be an appropriate match for tetsu naito at wrestle kingdom 
it's got to be a special match. It's got to be a uh, and and here's here's the problem. Um, there's really not a lot of guys on the current roster that would be would 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 hit that criteria. So if you're hoping for an outsider, if you're hoping for something, you know, dream matchup like like that that to me that's your best bet because the only other person that's kind of like in limbo is Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um and I don't know how excited people would be with Tanahashi Naito. Um I would be kind of, you know. I mean, but it's not like it's a super special meaningful singles match, right? So, that's your hope. That's what you're that's what you're clinging to at this point, I feel. Uh, I don't know if there's a guy on that roster that has had such a weird relationship with its own company. <laughs> that night. I, I just find it. I'm not saying that him winning the title was, was, was the move to make and beating Osprey. But you're right. For a guy who's apparently, you know, got one foot on a banana peel and the other one in retirement. He fucking delivers every fucking time. And, and I don't know what he has to show for it. <laughs> like, like talk about being a loyal guy. I'm sorry. I like, he just, he, his history in the company are losses more than they are wins. They re- they really are. Like he's had one, one, like what would have, what what would you obviously Wrestle Kingdom, right? Getting through th- and winning the title, but literally instantly gets it it you know kind of upped by Kenta, right? And and the angle that you know was kind of like okay, well no, let me take that back. The angle was red hot. The follow up was eh, okay. Um, give me. Like him, like him winning the title the first time was 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 just a cup of coffee. It felt like losing to Evil. Uh, I, like and and that feud, <laughs> the 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 uh, the breakup, like that was a wet fart. It felt like. Uh, I don't know. Would have been great with cheering crowds. I will say that in its defense. Okay, fine, but. Again, there's other people that thrive. Look, I I just find I just find his tenure in New Japan to be one of those head scratchers where he's obviously a guy that the company could just fucking take off with. And unfortunately, he's a guy that at his peak was also battling other guys at their peak. You know, Okada's and even Tanahashi's, you know, like, like it was hard. Like if he, he could be number one in any, any other company, but he had this fucking ceiling uh, that was, I don't want to say holding him back, but it was just felt like, you know, there, there was that ceiling. I don't Maybe know. Just unlucky enough to be in the same era as right. Kazuchika Okada. Right. I mean, you could have. You know, it's kind of like sports. You know, you could be a great team, but you just can't get past a fucking juggernaut 
who's, you know, won championship after championship just because they're stacked. You're a great team. You just can't fucking get over the hump. Um, so, yeah, right now, to me, if I'm an, uh, if I, if I'm a Naito fan, you, you got to hope for that special main event because, or that special match because I don't, I, don't, I, I don't have an answer where you go. Like, what would be exciting for people? I don't, I, that I don't know. I don't have an answer. We're going to talk about Shota Umino in a minute, but um, there have been sort of teases that the direction could be Osprey versus John Moxley for Wrestle Kingdom, uh, which, of course, we have seen before they wrestled each other at one of the, the stateside shows. Uh, Cactus Max says, how's Osprey's year compared with Okada in 2017 and Kenny in 2018? Um, equally is great, but different. You know, um, I think, I think Okada and, and Kenny and they did have the advantage of the company being red hot crowds being vocal. Um, but I would say similar. Look, here's here's the bottom line. The 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 race for wrestler of the year, at least, you know, for our awards and and people who follow New Japan, the race is for second place. The guys the guys wrestler of the year. Right? There's the, the Will Ospreay will win wrestler of the year and if he doesn't, it's a fucking something's wrong. Something's wrong. Um I think they've had very similar years. Okada also had the benefit of not for nothing being the heavyweight champion and having fantastic opponents too. Um, and Will's had some very good opponents too, but like I don't think at the level that Okada had. It feels to me like Kent or Okada had a lot of benefits, um, and Will maybe not maybe not as many. And yet, still, no. He's, he said to himself, he he has to work twice as hard because of the clap crowds to try and overcome. Them. Yeah, I mean, if we're being brutally honest here, that does that. It's the truth. So, I'm not saying one is better than the other, and one, you know, because that Okada run was one of the greatest runs of fucking in pro wrestling history, and I think this is v- incredibly. Great and giving the the cards that he has been dealt, um, I don't know if I would say it's better than Okada's run, but like you have to grade that on a different scale. I feel like, yeah, I, I hate to dig up old gimmicks, but I'm just looking at his cage match here. Ooh. Just and this is only matches that he's done. This year in 2022, I'm going to send it to you, David, on WhatsApp. So, just so you can get a feel for the kind of year he's having, and it feels like it's kind of flying under the radar. And again, I think a lot of that is because New Japan is not as hot as it was in 2017 and 2018, and we've got the you know the, still the pandemic restrictions there. Yeah. But you can see this. This is obscene, isn't it? So he's got what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine matches this year. Rated above nine on cage match. Yeah, and so and look at some of these opponents too. Look, 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 look at some of these opponents. Uh-huh. 
And you compare that to like Okada's run. I don't know. Like, okay, so Will had Okada. Yeah. He had Naito, Zach, Shingo. Okay, great. Again, Okada again. Um, David Finley's on this list. Orange Cassidy is on this list. Yeah. Ricky Knight Jr. is on Michael this list. Michael Oku. Yeah. Nick Wayne. Yeah. Like. Blake Christian. Yeah. Just saying, you know, it's, 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 it's not the same. And these matches are fucking unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, come on. You're, you're, you're kidding yourself if, he, if he's not wrestler of the year. You're kidding yourself. Yeah, and he's doing it in all different places as well, different countries. You know, no matter how many people are in that crowd, he's going out there and just killing it week in, week out. You know, and, and again, you talk about the Okada, right? These are all in, you know, big sold-out buildings in Japan with very noisy crowds. It's not the case for a lot of these matches on this list. So don't sleep on it. Yep. Don't sleep on it. This guy should be cleaning up in your voice. You might not like him. You may not even like his style, but... I mean, at the very least, you've got to acknowledge the sheer effort put into this, yep. into this resume. Yep. Yep. And, 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 and dare I say, let's put it this way. It, it should go down as one of the greatest years of, of a pro wrestler. It's got to be in the conversation of one of the greatest years of a pro wrestler. Just given every, all the obstacles that guy had to overcome, I don't know. It's it's it to think that he wouldn't is ludicrous. So he's winning it. That's that. So after the match, we got the debut or the return from excursion of Roughneck Shota Umino. Uh, I got tipped off about this from an unlikely source. Actually, uh, I, I don't want to expose who it was. Text it to me. Send it to me. With this information being out there, but well, it was someone from our Discord, and it was related to a dating app. <laughs> they found this person on a dating app in Japan. So they're like, "Oh, they're in Japan at the moment." So that sort of tipped off that he was going to be reappearing. Oh. So I thought that was very funny. But yeah, I mean, there are a lot of parallels to the Jay White return, aren't there? When he came back in late 2017 after. I think Tanahashi had just successfully defended the IC title. I can't remember if it was against Ibushi or against Zack. But then, you know, uh, Jay White made his re-debut and then challenged for that. So the parallels are there. And I dare say Shota Umino is on a similar trajectory there. So he's not challenged for Wrestle Kingdom. He's challenged Osprey. So it's a rematch. Of course, they wrestled each other at Royal Quest 2. The rematch will take place at a historic crossover in, well, just over two weeks now. I think it's the 20th of November. So Multiverse Ace says, Shota's return feels a little like Jay's return in 2017. Same event, challenging for the second biggest belt. Does New Japan see him as their future ace or one of their big four stars? Also, does he beat Will at the crossover or is it too much too soon? And Louis says, with the return of Shota Umino as the roughneck, do you think Red Shows Umino cuts his own son some slack if he refs his matches? And oh wow, really great. It says, when did Shooter get so handsome? I'm not sure about the hair. I'm not sold on the hair yet. I think he needs to change whatever product or regime he's using. It's looking a bit, a bit frazzled there. But um, I mean, the Red Shoes thing was part of the story for the Royal Quest 2 match where he called the match a little bit early. So that is absolutely going to be playing into the story. I don't know if it's just going to be the next match at Historic Crossover or if it's going to be an ongoing thing with him with 
I don't know if there'll be some sort of gimmick about him getting protected by the company or whatever, but uh, how did you feel about the return of Roughneck Show to Umino? Well, they did everything they possibly could to to put him, again, that, that, that rocket pack on him. Got the nice little uh, video package or, you know, the, 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 the jumbotron, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Uh, he looked... He looked like a pro wrestler, man. He looked like he he could definitely fill some uh, voids in New Japan at the top eventually. Um, he had a little cockiness, a little swagger. <laughs> you can see that he could, you know, how he picked that up. Uh, I thought it was good. I thought it was. I thought it was real good. I'm, a, I'm like I'm truly excited for it. Um. They New Japan really needs this, don't they? They really need this freshening up with guys like Ren and Shota coming back. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. Um, I mean, when we talk about what we're excited about, uh, I would say the vast majority of it is, you know, these debuts and and and, and the possibilities of what they can do with them. Uh, to me, they did everything they could. And honestly, he did a lot more than what I expected in the sense of making him seem like a credible threat. Um, I, th- I think one of the things that was pretty telling was, and again, this might be him just going into business for himself, but him going through the crowd, standing on the chair, you know, he's, it, it was very Mox like, you know, you could tell where he, you know, kind of got a couple ideas of how he wants to, uh, debut himself, re-debut himself. Uh, it, look, they did it right. It's interesting comparing that to how, how Ren was re-debut. So, you know, Narita comes back. Was it the first match? It was just the opening match, six man tag. Whereas Shota Uno gets to re-debut with his flashy new gimmick after the main event for one of the biggest singles titles in the company. And he's going out through the crowds and he's got the you know flashy video package and everything. It does. It's a story does. there. I mean, look, they're 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 gonna they're gonna invest some cash in the guy. They're gonna they're gonna and and you know, we're gonna put him in the ring with a guy we just spent ten minutes fawning over for wrestler of the year. Right, I mean, we're uh, uh, look. We're going. We're going straight to the top here. We're not fucking. We're not fucking about with you know mid card bullshit. He's he's in the mix. He is in the mix. And again, it's one of those things where we love to. We'll point out where New Japan fumbles the ball. Look, they had the balls to say, you know what. Let's fucking go. You know, we talked about Master Watto and how we were on the fence, and you know, do there is no on the fence with this. <laughs> Be very clear, they are going all fucking in on, uh, you know, on the idea and the and the and the promise that this guy is a future star. Yeah, and I think it's about time because I mean they mentioned that, that the big conference that they had that they were looking to push guys younger and faster than they have done previously. So, you know, looking at these two guys who are back and then sort of beyond that, looking at the likes of Yota Suji and Yuo Emra and also the, the foreign guys, you know, Alex Coughlin and 
getting Kidd and Clark Connors and even beyond that, the DKC and Kevin Knight and Ryohei Oiwa and uh, Kosei Fujita and Yuto Nakashima. And Aussie Open. reason to be excited. And it, right, right. Yeah, and all the guys, yeah, that they can bring in now from abroad. It desperately needed a, a freshening up top to bottom. And we're going to get it. I think there's reason to be excited for 2023 as a New Japan fan. Uh, interesting question from Kid Kilowatt here. He said, should New Japan continue to place all the returning or future young guys in the heavyweight division and forget about the junior division? Do they just rely on the established juniors and foreigners? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's going to largely depend on who we're talking about and their their size, basically. Yeah, I think so. And I will also say this, that, yeah, I mean, that's that's really it. I mean, I was going to say, you know, in this day and age, you don't really have a ton of other areas where you know, your junior, they're all one big pile. Um, it really depends on the side. You can't just let the junior division die like that, though, without injecting any fresh talent into it. A thousand percent, right. You've got to have some homegrown guys. Not this promotion, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So it depends on size. Um, okay, well, yeah. I'm sorry. It depends on size. That's it. Now wrap it up. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to talk about Strong for a bit. I've got two episodes here. So the first was uh, Autumn Action from Saturday, October 29th. So we open up with Ari Daivari defeating Kevin Knight in eight minutes, 19 seconds with a roll-up. I mean, Daivari is fine, but I think the Kevin Knight is a future star. He's the blue chip prospect. He's ready, man. He is good to go. You could plug him into the New Japan roster tomorrow and he would not look out of place. I, he's he's also being sort of semi-pushed and protected in the company, you know, being in things like uh, strong openweight tag title matches and things like that. So I would not be shocked to see him in Super Junior Tag League. So him teaming up with DKC, I believe, let me check this, but I believe that they are going to be on the card for Historic Crossover because mm. we have uh, the full card for that. Let me just find it. Uh I have to make some sound. You want me to sing a view to a kill? Oh, yes. Okay. Kevin Knight. Yes. Kevin Knight will be appearing. He's in the opening match. So there's an eight man tag match, and Kevin Knight will be there. And I'm really excited to see how he gets on in Japan. I think he's going to be a big hit. He's got a spectacular drop kick. I think the Japanese fans are going to love him. And again, he's a guy who could be a future junior ace. So if you want to tip someone to freshen up the junior division, Kevin Knight could be the guy. And the second match was Alex Zane and Mystico defeating Blake Christian and Mascara Dorada. So 10 minutes, nine seconds with the Spanish fly. Uh, Mystico got the pin over Blake Christian. And yeah, this is a, the sort of fun, high-paced, flippy-doo tag match that we like to see on Strong every now and then. And, and again, I'm looking at these teams wondering, could any of these guys be in the Super Junior Tag League? I think Alex Zane said he will be. We're not sure who he's partnering with. Maybe it'll be Mystico. Probably not, because I know he's quite important for... CMLL, he's like a big star over there, so I'm not sure they would be happy about him disappearing for a tour like Super Junior Tag League. But they did team up very effectively here. Mascara Dorada, I've heard something about he can't leave the States because of his visa situation. So I don't know, uh, I, I've assumed that he won't be involved. Blake Christian could be. So plenty of opportunity there for some fresh faces in the Super Junior Tag League. And the third match, the main event, was Tomohiro Ishii defeating Tom Lawler in 15 minutes, 31 seconds with a lariat. So again, I'm enjoying seeing Ishii working with some fresh faces, some new talent here. I did find it a bit strange that Ishii won with just a lariat. He didn't even use the, the vertical drop brain buster, which I found a bit odd. That felt like they were sort of treating Tom Lawler as a sort of... A bitch. Not, 
Yeah, <laughs> like a bitch, basically. So that I raised an eyebrow. I was like, oh, but it was a very good match, all the same. Like an interesting mix of stars and sort of Tom Rawling using his MMA strategy, sort of trying to bait Ishii into striking exchanges and then shooting him for double leg takedowns and stuff like that. So yeah, that's definitely one worth watching. And then we had uh, New Japan Showdown that was uh, earlier today, Saturday, November fifth, from Hollywood. So we started off with Christopher Daniels defeating Rocky Romero after nine minutes, 24 seconds. So, you know, two very decorated veterans there doing quality veteran pro wrestling. It, it seems like they're building Christopher Daniels up. He's getting a little string of wins together. I don't know who for, but I assume he's going to be fed to one of the up-and-coming prospects at some point. Uh, then we had a really fun four-way tag team match for the number one contenders for the tag team titles on Strong. So we had West Coast Wrecking Crew, Jarrell Nelson and Royce Isaacs, Against DKC and Kevin Knight, against Bad Dude Tito and Shane Haste, against Stray Dog Army, Barrett Brown and Mysterioso. So my boys, Stray Dog Army, got the win here. Barrett Brown pinned the DKC in 12 minutes, 36 seconds with a hollow point to make Stray Dog Army the number one contenders. This was a really fun match. It was a nutty match, Damon. There were just bodies flying around all over the place and really creative, well-choreographed spots. Just eight medium to large guys out there just doing really cool and crazy and silly stuff. We had Bateman on commentary and then he ran out afterwards and was going nuts because his boys won the match. And yeah, I, I really, you know, I talk about my strong stonks and people I'm investing in and a guy who I've been a big fan of from day one is Barrett Brown. And, you know, not all my stonk investment is going to pay off. And I don't know if Barrett Brown will pay off at some point, but he is a really talented guy and I would like to see him get a push. I don't know if he's going to make it to Japan. I, I wonder if him winning this match and becoming number one contender against the Motor City Machine Guns means that he's unlikely to be appearing in Japan because he's going to be involved in the next set of tapings. But again, he is a guy who I would love to see mix an art with some of the regular juniors on the Japan roster. And then a main event here was Hiroshi Tanahashi in a singles match against Gabriel Kidd. So Tanahashi won after 11 minutes, 30 seconds with a high fly flow. I am just so happy to see Gabe Kidd yeah. back because I did wonder... Uh, you know, I did fear the worst, but, you know, fair play to him. He's sorted himself out. He's off Twitter. He seems to have um, got himself back uh, in a sort of healthy body, healthy frame of mind. And also respect to him for, for doing that publicly and being open and honest about his mental health struggles because he, I'm sure, is not the only one who's dealing with stuff like that. And, yeah, this was a really fun match. He, he kind of reminds you of a young William Regal, actually, those gay kids. Um, there was some good heel work here. He just wrestles like a, an angry young man. He's got a big chip on his shoulder and he was treating Tanahashi with a lot of disrespect and slapping him and, you know, playing air guitar on his body whilst doing an abdominal stretch. And then that sort of fired up Tanahashi in return. But it was all water under the bridge by the end. Tana gave him a handshake and, you know, put him over at the end, even though Tanahashi was the winner here. So just great to see Gay Kid back in action again. Yeah, maybe he is a guy we might see in World Tag League. He could be teaming up with Alex Coglin because we are going to see Gay Kid on Historic Crossover. He is part of that team. He's on the team with uh, Alex Coglin, Clark Connors and Kevin Knight. So maybe it could be Kid and Coglin in World Tag League and maybe Clark and Kevin Knight in Junior Tag League. Although I thought Taguchi said he wants to team with Clark Connors, but... Um, there you go. Well, it's good to to, to 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 hear that he's returning to Japan. I it does make me a little bit anxious and a little bit nervous because it feels like that's where he had a lot of his struggles. So I wouldn't want anything to I don't know bring back that train of thought. Mm. So fingers Different crossed. Circumstances, though. Yeah, you know it's so you know. 
I'm I'm happy for him. I think it's a good thing. And again, just a little bit anxious with with that. And uh, you know, I just wish him the best of luck. One final question this week. Ben says, would you rather have a strong openweight championship defense at the Dome or one AEW Forbidden Door match? Have a great week. London is blue. It's not, Ben. London is red. Arsenal have defeated Chelsea 1-0. I assume that's what you're getting at. Still top of the league. It's not going to last forever. I know we're probably not going to be Premier League champions, but I'm enjoying the ride while it lasts. But to answer your question, Ben, I think the strong titles stay on strong. I think... The signs being Tom Lawler dropping that title before he wrestled in the G1 and Aussie Open dropping the strong tag titles before they flew over to Japan is a sign that I think they just want to keep those stateside for the strong tapings. So, yeah, I don't think we're going to see them defending in Japan anytime soon. I think it's going to be tough in, in the sense of even at the Dome. Like, there's Here's the thing with the Dome. It's going to be there, – there's a lot of people that that, you know, it would be great to see on the show, but it's like – you know, there's only so much time in a fucking day. Um, something's got to get. And they've got more than enough titles, haven't they? Right, right. I don't think in, they've got too many as it is. They don't know how to put them. Exactly. Th- thank you. So, no, I don't. I don't think. I, I think we'll. Ha- you'll have a better shot of an AEW uh, appearance. But again, let's not get all excited and be like it's. You know, that might not even be a top name. So, um, we'll see. Fingers crossed. All right, let's wrap it up there. So redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast if you want to send some money our way for all the lovely podcasting that we give you every week. Discord link, if you want to join the fund, you can send me a direct message on Twitter and I'll send you the code. At Cobra Kawaii and prowrestlingtees.com forward slash super jcast for our lovely t-shirts. Thanks as always to Editor Dan, who's on Twitter at LousyHero219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and goodbye. Cheering at pro wrestling shows in Japan is back, and 2023 is already shaping up to be a big year in the history of pro res. That's why you should listen to the Emerald Flow Show. From the Royal Road to the Green Mat, Paul and Gerard take you into the world of All Japan Pro Wrestling and Pro Wrestling Noah. Not only do we analyze events, but we examine business, who is getting over, what angles are working, or not. Occasionally, we take a look at other Japanese promotions like DDT and Zero One. So if you're looking for more coverage of the world of Japanese wrestling, check out the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Available on all of your favorite podcast apps.